Thanks for joining us on After Dark with Rob and Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or head on over to AmericaOutloud.com, where you can click the Listen Live tab for 24-7 talk radio. And while you're there, please check out the articles and podcasts updated daily over at AmericaOutloud.com. We're excited for the show tonight. We're going to have on Chris Tremogli. He's going to be discussing his recent article in the Washington Post about that election in Pennsylvania that so many of us cannot make any sense of, myself included. After the uh, debate with Dr. Oz and John Fetterman, I came on this show and said that John Fetterman was dead in the water. He was done for. He was finished. There is absolutely no way this guy is going to get elected. And well, I was proven wrong. Somehow they um, ended up voting for John Fetterman. And just to make a correction, uh, Chris writes for the Washington Examiner, which is a much better publication than the Washington Post. Anyways, my apologies to Chris for that. It was in the Washington Examiner. So we're excited to discuss his article tonight and talk about what really happened in Pennsylvania. I'm really excited to talk to Chris and see if he can make some sense of this because I haven't been able to make any sense of it uh, myself. Rob, how are you doing tonight? Andrew, I'm doing great. And we've been doing a postmortem for almost a week now since the election, trying to, you know, figure out what the hell happened. Now, I had said once before when we heard different talk show hosts and people on TV personalities saying, oh, Republicans, they're going to win this. It looks good. And it looked good to me also. But I said, wait, wait a minute. These are pollsters. A vote has not been cast yet. So I'm cautiously optimistic, you know, a bit pessimistic, but in my opinion, as I've said every night on the show, we had good candidates. You go to war with the soldiers that you have. Mitch McConnell might have thought otherwise. Kevin McCarthy might have thought otherwise. But we had good candidates. And as far as the messaging, the message was on point also. Now, some probably would have preferred something different. We were on point, okay? But what we didn't have on our side is a fair media. The fair media, media had already labeled all the candidates as being election deniers. Never mind the fact that they have denied every election since 2000. And they denied election 2016. They said that Trump colluded with the Russians. And we know that was a lie, but they were, it's okay for them to do it. Hillary Clinton, it's okay for her to come out and say it. It's okay for Joe Biden to come out and say it. It's okay for Barack Obama to say it. It's okay for all of the news outlets to say it. And you know what else? When we tried to bring them to justice, we couldn't even get justice through John Durham. So, of course, people are going to believe, oh, no, they're election deniers. They just cheated. Oh, they, oh there was Russia collusion. But despite all of that, moving all of that out of the way, we had good candidates. This election should have been won by us because we were on point with the messaging. Who wants their babies going to school being taught that you're not a boy, you're not a girl, you're a this, you're a that? Now we will have four years of our kids being indoctrinated. Four years. So a generation from now, a decade from now, you'll have kids saying, oh, no, men can have babies. A man can be a woman. A woman can walk around with a bulge in front of her pants, and that's okay. We have these hyper uh, feminine women who are actually men. Oh, that's okay. That's what a woman is. 
We can't define a woman. A woman can be a man. It can be any, it's what you think. That's what's going to happen now. That's unfortunate. But when you look at what happened with the election, people were okay with it. Or could it be that they were okay with, hey, we're getting free money, so forget about the, the other stuff. We don't care about that. We're going to get free money. I don't have to pay up my student debt, and I can go on a vacation. Now, never mind the fact that once I come back from vacation, I don't have a job. And where's the other free money going to come from? Never mind the fact that Joe Biden could possibly be the president in 2024. As old as decrepit as he is, he'll be in his 80s. Senile, dementia, Alzheimer's, pick one, it doesn't matter. The media is going to build him up and say, oh, it's okay. Look at what they did to John Fetterman. So despite all of that stuff that was thrown at us, the Democrats managed somehow. Though some will say they went to win the election. No, I'm going to stay cold, true to my conviction. There was malfeasance. There was something that happened that should not have happened because there's no way I'm going to go to bed and my candidate is ahead. And then the next day I find out that that the, the lead has been dwindled away because they're finding votes. They're counting votes that came in at a certain point in time. Or they're counting votes that came in that day, but they were marked differently. And then you have all these states with secretaries of states who are Democrats, by the way. Look at Katie Hobbs. Oh, my God. Wouldn't you like to be Katie Hobbs? You're going to run for an office. And you're over the election. So you know what the counts are. <laughs> That's just brilliant. And no one said anything about it because the media doesn't care. They don't care about that malfeasance because it's the right that they're focusing in on. But who knows? But as you said, Andrew, Chris Tremogli, who has been on our show a number of times, talking about the election, talking about the left and the right, talking about what's happening to our children with the indoctrination, talking about men trying to be women and schools and win winning sports that women should win, talking about men who are going and competing in beauty pageants and winning. And the women better not say anything about it, because if you do, they're going to say you're a homophobe, you're a transphobe, you're some type of phobe. But he's on tonight because he wrote an interesting piece for the Washington Examiner, not the Post, but yeah, the Washington Examiner. And it's titled, Pennsylvanians vote for more crime, inflation, and children being taught men can have babies. We spoke about this last night with B.B. Diamond. Men can have babies. Can you imagine? I saw an article the other day, I don't know if it was in the examiner or not, but there was a man trying to breastfeed a baby. Men don't have milk ducks. That's child abuse. But because the left is doing it, it's okay. So while Chris's article was centered around Pennsylvanians, I would say the entire world, look at, I mean, uh, entire United States, especially the blue states, look at, look at New York. Crime is up to wazoo. People are being pushed in front of the subway. People are being killed. Women are being raped. And I wonder if these people who were affected by crime, impacted by crime, rather, if they voted blue, they voted for the Democrats. Because this is what you want. You want four more years of this, of denying and saying, oh, it doesn't exist, simply because you want Biden to pay off your student loan. <laughs> that, that's all I can see. But hey, Chris is on, and he's going to talk to us about this article, the genesis of the article, because he always has a pulse as to what people are thinking. And he's from Pennsylvania. And he can give us an insight as to why the heck or how the heck did Fetterman win. I hope he didn't vote for Fetterman. I hope. But who knows? Chris, how are you tonight? Thank you for coming on.
I'm insulted that you would think I would even remotely vote for Fetterman. Wow. <laughs> I know we haven't talked in a while, but Jesus. Um, thanks for having me on, guys. How are you all enjoying election week? Oh, my God. Election I mean, month. Whatever it is. Well, like I said, <laughs> we're still doing quarter. Election yeah, right, because it's still going on. They're still counting in these uh, blue states. Hey, hey, we're doing a postmortem. We're trying to figure it all out. And when I came across your article and I sent it to Andrew, because he and I, we've been texting nonstop, like, you know, what the heck is happening? I mean, we were ahead, then we're behind, then we're ahead. And then all at once, OK, you guys lost. And I, I don't think any of these candidates, as I said, this is my opinion. I don't think any of them should concede and they should say, I want to recount. I don't care how much it costs. I want to recount. But that's a story for a different day. But your story was so insightful as to what you were saying. How did you get to this conclusion? Um, just <laughs> simple by, by, by the fact that John Fetterman actually did as well as he did. Um, and, and giving the, I, I live in Philadelphia, so I'm um, aware and, and see daily of the crime that happens here. I read daily. I mean, there was, I think just um, over the weekend, there was a, 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 like a 10 to 20 Temple students who were like held up on their campus at Temple University as a, during like a dorm home invasion. And my immediate response was, wow, that's unfortunate. Um, who did they vote for? Um, because yeah, if I'm if it's like any college student in Philadelphia, probably they voted for a Democrat. And my thing is my uh, train of thought on that was like this: these are people who you're voting for. This is what's causing. How could you constant? How could you do this? And I mean, how could people in you know, Pennsylvania, knowing the crime that has been plaguing Philadelphia and Pittsburgh um, or big cities throughout the country, why would this be? something you would vote for why would you want this to happen and i, I came across it was just a whole bunch of issues that the mainstream media and republicans and people on the right and the left were, were passing out what you addressed earlier about the, the candidate quality um i'm i agree with you in that i don't think that's a valid option i mean are you talk about that for a second um who in honestly is going to believe that John Fetterman was a high-quality candidate, regardless of what you think about Dr. Oz. How on earth could you think that John Fetterman was a good candidate? Health issues aside, because I don't really think that one should would go in there because I think his policies are just as bad and, and scary. The guy w was on record for letting out criminals, um, lying about fracking. He, I mean, a Democrat, talking about candidate quality, when was the last time a Democrat got caught lying by a debate moderator, moderator in that John Fetterman did when he was talking about fracking. I mean, that never happens. That's how bad Fetterman had to be that a debate moderator even caught him lying on, on his position on fracking. And yet still people were voting for, for him in, in, in the state. And the one caveat that I would say is that if you looked at the breakdown of Pennsylvania, the majority of the candidates, the, over, uh, the counties, I'm sorry, the overwhelming majority of the counties voted for Oz. They were red. Uh, Fetterman was largely carried by Philadelphia and the surrounding suburban counties. Pittsburgh, um, a town called Allentown. I don't know if I know you're familiar with it. It's about an hour and a half northwest of Philadelphia and some of northeastern Pennsylvania counties. But by and large, if you went by like the percentage of counties, the overwhelming majority of the counties voted for Oz. The problem is you have people in the inner cities and the Democrats that surround Philadelphia um, that are just adherently 
fall in line to left-wing political ideology, subscribe to Democrats and vote for them no matter what. Um, I read a story over the weekend in which in Philadelphia that has had record-breaking homicides for the past two years, record-breaking carjackings for the past years, drug use, uh, opioid epidemic, um, poverty, all these things that are impacting Philadelphia. The majority of the wards in Philadelphia 90% 90% of them voted for Fetterman. You just can't compete with that when these people are this indoctrinated and brainwashed. And of all the things talking about bad candidates and you know mail-in voting and taking days, that's that they're all things that I actually don't think really apply here. I just think there is such a subscription by the people. Democrats have done such a great job of indoctrinating and brainwashing and having people believe that their way is the right way for decades, generations, however you want to call it, that people are so like lemmings now when they come to the fact that they're just going to vote for Democrats. I mean, how else do you explain 90% of wards voting for Democrats after everything they went through with the pandemic, with the rioting, with the murders? With the, and the worst part is these wards that voted 90% Democrat, 90% for Fetterman, are some of the ones that are most impacted, if not the ones that are most impacted by all the crime happening in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is the Pennsylvania's largest state, as everyone knows. So it's like you that these were the areas that carried Fetterman onto victory. And it just goes to show that from a more um, concerning perspective and uh, from concerning area that the main problem is the it's not the messaging. You're right. The messaging was on point. It's just. It doesn't matter if Jesus came down from himself, came down from heaven, was the most perfect candidate that ever existed. These people in these wards, in these cities are going to vote Democrat. And until you can somehow change that culture, there's going to be a huge issue going forward for the GOP in winning elections, especially in in Pennsylvania and Philadelphia, which I can personally describe, you know, talk about. This is an issue that kind of plagues the the GOP throughout the entire country as well. But it was just it's just mind boggling. I mean, we've all talked about how bad Philadelphia is. It's been embarrassingly in the news over and over again. And talking about homicide after homicide, carjack. We had a congresswoman, Congresswoman Mary Gay Scanlon was carjacked in the middle of the day here um, last November, I think, the 2021. And these wards still overwhelmingly voted for her and the Democrats for the country. It just makes absolutely no sense. It's like a disturbed, unhinged cult of people that just they, they follow, believing the Democrats are the best option. And it's just nothing will ever change their mind. If th- this didn't change their mind, uh, it's kind of hard to see what actually will. And it's really, really scary. Well, the same thing we hear in New York City. Exactly. I mean- Hochul won because of New York City and Brooklyn, two liberal bastions. But outside, Zeldin won. I mean, look at what happened with those congressmen, uh, That the one congressman who was kicked out of office, Maloney. So it does beg the question, like, what, were, what weren't these people seeing? The crime that is consistently taking place here in New York. People are being shot, gunfights in Brooklyn. And look at the communities that's impacted by it, Black people. And they deliver a majority of their votes to the Democrats. And then every year they will bitch, moan, and cry and say, oh, they're trying to keep us from voting. Oh, we want this. Oh, we need that. 
They told the same lie in Georgia. Oh, voter suppression. The Democrats couldn't run on that then. Look at the, the left-wing media. Completely quiet. Because look at the record number of people that came out and voted. But here in New York, oh, we're just going to sit back and we're just going to give it to Kathy. And then we're going to complain and say, oh, well, my life is bad. My, and I've said this before. People might not agree with me. They probably say, oh, that's wrong. But you get what happens to you. If you're impacted by crime and violence, that's your problem. Because this is what you voted for. But then, too, I think, Chris and Andrew, could it be that these people, some of them, are uninformed because the media is not being truthful? Look at how they have demonized, as you said, Chris, they've demonized the right, said that they're white supremacists and they're evil and they're election deniers and they're this and they're that. But then when you look at the Democrats, it's like, you guys are the ones who are election deniers. You've been denying election every time a Republican wins. And then when you go to vote, you want to extend the voting period so that we can't find out who actually won. Because you know that when it's not the candidate that you want, oh, well, we better go find some more votes. And then Republicans, they're not good at defending themselves. They're not good at pushing back. Andrew, (laughs) this has got to stop. And I want to pick this back up on the other side of the break. Yeah, Chris, I loved how you broke down that. Um, that monologue, and we see it time and time again. We see it in every blue state where Democrats dominate the big cities. I've been asking myself a lot, is it the media coverage or is it possible people in these cities don't have conservative values like you or I might? It's just a massive issue in the country with such a divide between rural areas in cities, I've been asking myself this a lot with uh, President Trump discussing running again in 2024. Uh, yeah, he's the guy I like the most. I'll vote for him in primary. But is it possible that, you know, I'm in the minority? Uh, there's people who like these moderate candidates uh, more, which I don't see it being the case in Pennsylvania because I feel Oz was a pretty moderate candidate and Fetterman was just a disaster. So I guess it didn't really do any good in that race. You're tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available Monday through Friday on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more. After Dark with Robin Andrew and journalist Chris Tremogli from the Washington Examiner. We'll be back after this break. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well... We heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. So when we went to break, Andrew had mentioned the values 
you know, are we in the minority with the values that we have? Could it be that no one shares our our core values? And I, I would find it hard to believe because I'm looking at your your piece, Chris. Let me just pull this up. And you said, sure, skeptics may disagree and blame the candidate's quality or former President Donald Trump. However, the problems go deeper than that. There is an ideological problem that Republicans have to acknowledge in the country, and it surrounds the fact that about half of the population doesn't identify with conservatism or republicanism. This is even a harder pill to swallow. So then I would say, and I've been saying this before, before the election, I was telling some of my Democrat brethren that simply because you're voting for the policy of the Republican policies that's going to help your day-to-day life, policy that's going to put criminals behind bars, policies that's going to stop the indoctrination of your children, policies that's going to say what a man and a woman is does not mean that you're a conservative or a Republican. What it does mean is that you care about your family, your values. What is it about that do you think voters did not understand or don't understand so that when they went to the polls, they said, oh, we're just going to vote for Fetterman. We're just going to vote for a Kathy Holchel. I mean, is it possible that they, that just went completely over their heads and that the only thing they were looking at is that if I vote for the Democrats, I'm going to get free stuff. I know that people are being killed, but who cares? And could it be that there were more votes than that people were seeing? I mean, like you look at a New York City and a Philadelphia, that they were like, oh, screw it. I just want free stuff. I don't care about people being killed. What are your thoughts on that, Chris? Well, I actually think that it kind of um, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, I, I think they don't care about the policies. I think they're just and I, and I hate to kind of repeat the sound redundant here, but I just think they're so committed to basically Democrats and, and voting Democrat that it doesn't care. I mean, they don't, they know about the murder. They just don't care. Um, I'll give a brief anecdote. I know one time when I was at the university of Pennsylvania a few years ago, I was taking a class by former governor, former mayor of Philadelphia and former DNC chair at Rendell. And one of the, it was a class called who gets elected and why. And one of the main things, well, not one of the main things, but one of the lessons that he taught there was that when it comes to, he, he had a routine, uh, had a habit of addressing the class that everyone, as if everyone were Democrat. And that might have actually been true at the University of Pennsylvania. Um, but he talked to everyone and said, like, when you go out in an election, um, if, you, if you have a Democratic, Democrat candidate and you don't particularly like them or you don't like their policies 100% or you think they're a bad candidate, you still have to vote for them because by voting for them, you still, they... By voting for them, you're able to build a coalition or a majority in, in, to, to work for a majority in Congress. And that's the optimal goal so you can pass the agenda that you want to pass. This was a, a, a former DNC chair telling a college class that no matter who the Democrat candidate is, no matter what's going on, you have to vote Democrat for you know the good of the world. And I think that's the mentality that while not everyone was in that class, that's a lot of what happens with Democrat voters, especially in these inner city areas. And another example I would talk about is we were talking about briefly candidate quality. Now, would I say whatever you want to say about Oz, he was a carpetbagger. That's obviously true. He was a, 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 a 
uh, affluent person, so you could say that he didn't identify with the. I mean, it's bogus. It's 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 nonsense. It's BS. But just that's the narrative. How and you know when they talk all this stuff about going against Trump, anti MAGA candidates, whatever. How would that apply to Lee Zeldin? No one ever was critical of Lee Zeldin's candidacy. No one said anything negative about him that he, he was a you know a MAGA Republican or a wealthy guy. Or he definitely wasn't a carpetbagger. Um, so why, if, if candidate quality and all these things were main issues, why wouldn't that apply? You know, why wouldn't people in New York vote for him? And that's why I said it has to go deeper than just these things. There is like just this cult-like following in which Democrats are just going to come out and vote Democrat, regardless of what's happening, what's going on, how bad they are. You're just going to keep on voting for them because in their beliefs, they think the Democrat Party is the one that will ultimately um, benefit them in the long run. And it's kind of analogous to the Soviet Union and the, the Bolsheviks as they were trying to take over power from the, uh, the Romanov dynasty coming in the late 19th and early 20th centuries is that they were brainwashing the population to you know, believe these, these radical left-wing Marxist you know, communist ideologies. And then when they took power, a common refrain of the, the people in Russia at the time who were now under the Soviet Union was that we're working today to give a better leftist future. And that's the type of mentality mm. that, yeah, we're not the Soviet Union, you know, comparing, you know, 2020 to America to, you know, 1919 Soviet Union is, is a little bit not the perfect analogy, but it's the point to the fact that they're trained to basically have the stamina, the political endurance to continue to fight and win in the long run and play the long game. And they know that by voting for these candidates, that's going to slowly chip away at it and, and get where the leftist, left-wing, Democrat, liberal utopia that they want to accomplish with such things that men can have babies, men are women, um, the critical race theories that are in their class, um, all the things that, you know, capitalism is bad, communism, you know, reliance, big government, reliance on government, big government is bad. You know, that's all these things, these core tenets um, of left-wing political ideology are the impetus for people to keep on voting for them over and over and over. So that's why when you have record crime and it's and impacting minority communities, which you have basically a majority of minority victims, and they talk about all this stuff about the oppressive white man and the patriarchy and all this stuff whatever this nonsense that they're trying to get out there that they still don't care because ultimately they're brainwashed to think that in the long run it'll eventually pay off and then they'll have the you know political left-wing utopia that they so call um want and they they, they ever clearly desire yeah, very well said. And it's a good question for Rob and Chris. Uh, do you think there's anything Republicans can do to change that narrative? Um, we're just getting killed from the colleges and the mainstream media. They're both uh, working against Republicans, as we all know. Um, is there anything Republicans can do to kind of get out into these colleges and maybe change some minds? Um, I know uh, this is just an example. I bring up all the time, uh, marijuana legislations, re Republicans are getting killed uh, with 18 to 35 year olds who just like to smoke marijuana and are voting for Democrats because they're promising to legalize it. Um, do you think that Republicans should give up maybe an inch on some of these policies to maybe try and get some of these uh, younger voters excited and perhaps into their corner? What do you think, Rob? That's interesting, uh, that question, because I have said before I've come on and I said that 
the Republicans have lost the battle on social issues, but the war continues. Now, after this past election midterm, I'm beginning to wonder if we have lost the battle and the war, or we're on the precipice of losing the war. You say, should we give in on some of these social issues? Well, what else do we have if we don't have a lot of these social issues? One of the biggest, as I said, the indoctrination of our, of our children and what we're telling them that they could change their genders. Do we give up on that and say, okay, that's fine. I mean, we, as far as who can marry who, I could care less about the marriage issue. Okay, that's, that's something that to me, in my opinion, we don't even need to discuss. If you want to marry the person of the same sex, that's fine. But then some would say, yeah, but that's going to dovetail into being able to marry kids and all that. Well, we can stop that. We can put a stop on that. But to divert all of our energies on that to consenting adults, adults now, to me, it's not an issue. Okay, now, as far as the marijuana and the pot, that drives me completely insane. It's only a matter of time before they come out and say <laughs> I knew it that did. it's dangerous. It's only a matter of time. I mean, they did the same thing with smoking. I mean, you think back to CNN and their uh, legal, their medical correspondents who had come out and said, oh, no, it's dangerous. It can affect your brain. Then he got a good beating and he came out and said, oh, no, there's nothing wrong with it. Now they're coming out and you have different people in different circles saying it's dangerous. You don't want to use it. It's dangerous. So what is, do we just give up everything and just say, hey, or could it be that, again, we're focusing on our messaging and maybe we could change it this way or change the social issue this way and give, give, them, give them a little here, as opposed to saying, we as a conservative party, we gave up too much ground when we decided to leave education and to allow the liberals to educate our children, when we decided not to invest in technology whereby we can control a lot of the media, and we just said, let them do it. There's no money in that. We're going to focus on making money somewhere else in the stocks and real estate. We took our eyes off the main prize. Why can't we do both? Why can't we be in both areas? Why would we give our children over to liberals whose policies that we don't agree with? Why would we do it? Why would we say we don't need education? Now, you look at a lot of our universities. To me, in my opinion, it's worthless. I wouldn't send my child to Harvard for them to be indoctrinated. But yet, and still, we still support these places as opposed to saying, no, we're not going to do it. We got to stop this. We got to stand for something. There are a lot of, as we mentioned last night on the last night show, there are a lot of Republicans, conservatives rather, they might identify themselves as conservatives, with deep pockets. Why are they sitting on the sidelines and attacking conservatives who are out there trying to do, as opposed to saying, let me create a pack and let me get my money out here and let me do something like Elon Musk. Why are we relying on Elon Musk? He's going to save democracy. He's, he's not a Republican, but he knows what's happening is wrong. There are a lot of deep pocket conservatives that could too create something like a Twitter or support some of these other platforms that are out there, put money behind it, as opposed to waiting for some like Elon Musk to say, well, I'm going to free free speech. And in doing so, I'm going to help conservatives. And then we rah, 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 hooray, hooray. He's not on our side. Come on. So I think we do ourselves injustice by sitting on the sidelines and waiting for them to lead the way. And then we follow. And then we bitch, moan, and complain. It's always not fair. What do you say, Chris? I would actually argue that part of the reason why we're here is because over the years, conservatives have given um, the Democrats and liberals a you know, part of uh, you know, inched over or, or, or let them in or, you know, kind of a, 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 a acquiesce to their, you know, demands. And that's part of the reason why I'm here, because at some point, 
it's kind of comes like, well, what's the point if I'm going to vote for someone who <laughs> believes in Democrat left wing values? Am I going to vote for a Democrat light or am I going to vote for an actual Democrat? So why would Republicans, you know, continue to acquiesce to these like stupid things rather than you know get some guts and, and fight back and try to you know put in the hard work to change the culture? That's a lot of things that's missing here. And for and you nailed it on the head, Rob. You were saying all this stuff about you know the fiscal issues, and that's what a lot of this happened. Of Republicans just abandoned every cultural issue in the name of you know fiscal conservatism and pursued that instead, and and. Even to this day, I get to talk when I read the stuff about the transgender issues when I was running with Leah Thomas, I would get numerous Republicans saying, why are we care about this? this is such a non-issue. So many this you know, affects like, you know, 0.001% of the population and they still haven't learned. And this is the same mistake they're making over and over again. So, no, I don't think we should like, you know, surrender any ground to the. Um, the left. I think we need to like you know buck up and, and fight back and, and push towards it. And constantly, yeah, we're we're down in the school system, we're down in colleges, we're down in the media. But at some point, so was the left, and the left were able to do it. And you know, there's numerous um, revolutions throughout history in which ideology started from you know a a, a deficit and worked their way towards um, you know becoming the majority. Obviously, some of them involve violent overthrows. I'm not advocating that in any way. But I do think that you can actually push back and start fighting for the culture. And that's what's lacking a lot of times on Republicans. So I wouldn't give them an inch at all. I would keep on fighting back. I would double down on, on you know Republican values and keep pushing back. And if we lose, then we lose. But at least we lose being, you know, not you know, Jeff Flakes of the world or, you know, the Adam Kinzingers of the world or Liz Cheney's who are basically you know, a lot of these times you were talking about, you know, why don't the Republicans, you know, give money um, and they just criticize because they're not really Republicans. They're Democrats who don't want to pay taxes. And that's the main thing that and liberals who don't want to pay taxes. And that's the issue that's kind of plaguing a lot of the um, Republican Party. And especially when it comes to fighting for the culture, they don't care about the culture because they agree with, you know, having, you know, um, a pro-abortion society. They agree with you know, a lot of the LGBTQ. So I don't know why or how they could agree with some of the radical gender ideology stuff but you know look how many people on fox news were saying how brave caitlin jenner was when she came out in fox news all these people were saying that so these people who are quote unquote republican and conservative really aren't there are a lot of liberals um chamber of commerce you know country club republicans that want to just enjoy the fruits of you know affluence and kind of not pay taxes or have, you know, low taxes and tax cuts and focus on those types of things um, rather than the cultural issues of the that founded this country and that made our country to be as successful as pop as it is. And, you know, throughout time is that, you know, they have abandoned all these issues. So when it comes to, you know, give, giving in or, or trying to like, oh, well, we got our, our butt speed, so we might have to adapt. We, I do think that right now we are in the minority. I do think that maybe we are quote unquote the crazy ones compared to society but it doesn't always have to be that way because it never was always that way if you go back to certain times in our country a lot of people thought hey having a family is a good thing having kids is a good thing not having you know men think there are women um is a good thing so these values were able to exist in society and i think they can again However, we just have to be willing to, you know, we're in a battle. We, we've sat idly by, got complacent, didn't think it would happen, and woke up after years and decades and generations of left-wing indoctrination and said, oh, no, how did we get here? And now we have, you know, men competing on 
um, in girls' sports. And, you know, and, and a lot of that has to do with the, the reluctance to um, and fight back against the left. And, and I'll even, you know, add on to that before I, I conclude because I don't want to take up everyone's time. But, I mean, we know the whole story that one of the things I broke last year was the Leah Thomas story. I was just speaking to a UPenn swimmer this weekend. Now I was like, you know, what's it like, you know, having uh, Leah Thomas not on the team and the female team being all girls? And, you know, she was great for it. But I said, anything you want to talk about? And she said her words to me, you know, anonymously, of course, well, no, I don't want to. I think I'm going to skip the media this year because I don't want to deal with all the harassment I was getting from my, you know, my teammates when they suspected that, you know, this person was communicating with the media. And, and that in there kind of lies the main problem. They're afraid to fight back. You know, they'll do it for a little while, but the left will eventually overwhelm them and they'll kind of like surrender. And that's just a microcosm of the story of with the Penn swimmer that happens to many Republicans and have been happening to Republicans over decades. Yeah, great points, Chris. We've got the body split open. We're doing the complete autopsy on the 2022 midterms here on After Dark with Robin Andrew. And if you're looking for better sleep, focus, and energy, you can check out Healthy Cell, the leading innovator of nutritional supplements for cell health. Healthy Cell vitamins work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. You can absorb a healthier lifestyle with Healthy Cell's pill-free vitamins that come in great tasting gel packs. You go to HealthyCell.com and it costs nothing to check out the great products, read the reviews, and see if something works for you. And you can save 25% off with the promo code OUTLOUD. So please help support conservative media and go to HealthyCell.com and check out the great products. If you find something you like, use the promo code OUTLOUD to save 25%. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew and special guest, Washington Examiner journalist Chris Tremogli. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. The last block of the show, and it has been a rather insightful eye-opening. And maybe we can move on beyond this after this, Andrew. And we won't have to keep having a postmortem or an analysis of the election. <laughs> but 
Uh, we brought Chris on from the Washington Examiner, not to be confused with the Washington Post, because we know the Washington Post is headed by Jeff Bezos, who, Indeed. again, and as I said before, you, you look at this, you have a big corporation owning media. So, of course, they're going to go the way that Jeff Bezos think. Although when Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post, he said, oh, I'm going to stay off the editorial board. I'm not going to do this. But look at what he has done. He's done anything but that. He has allowed his liberal influence to come in and just to dictate everything that goes on on the Washington Post. And the Washington Post, like the New York Times, that's owned by Carlos Slim, have become the shaping the narratives in today's society of everything that we do, everything that we hear. So they won't let out other voices, and they like that. They talk about, oh, democracy is being stolen. No, or democracy will die. No, you're stealing democracy. You're allowing democracy to die because you don't want a difference of opinion out there. Now, something that you had said in the second block, Chris, that I want to go back to and talk about, and that's how, and I had mentioned this earlier on, that we've possibly lost, we've lost the battle, we possibly lost the war, we don't realize it, and we're probably waiting for another war to take place whereby we can regain a lot of what we have given up. There's a story in the Bible, and I can't remember it exactly, but it went something like someone had given up, uh, they had allowed the opposition to take away everything that God had given them. And I think it was Israel, but there was a moment, so it was related to a particular character who was talking about it. I don't know if it was Ezekiel, uh, the prophet Ezekiel, who had mentioned this or not. But they had allowed the opposition to take away everything that God had given them. And then after years had passed, God said, look, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to help you get this back. So they got it back. It was restored to them, everything that they had lost. And maybe we're in that season now that we fell asleep. We allowed the liberals to take control over a lot of things. I don't know why we would do it. I mean, take control and then dictate what we do. Maybe it's like you said, Chris, that we were more focusing on focused on the fiscal and not the social issues. Oh, I just want to make money. I just want to make certain that we keep a tight budget. But it's more than just that as we see now. It has to cover the entire spectrum. You just can't look at, I'm a physical conservative. Yeah, but socially, where are you? Because if you don't control that aspect of it either, the left, they're able to force anything down your throats, which is what they will do over the next four years. Like I said, the indoctrination of our children has commenced. And maybe you have Republicans who don't care about it because in actuality, they're Democrats just concerned with, I don't want to pay taxes. You look at the Koch brothers. They fund a lot of Democrat pet projects. And then those true conservatives, I would say, that are trying to help us out, like Peter Thiel, they're like attacking him left and right. But then too, like you said, you look at Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, she's coming out. She's being the, the voice like, oh, well, look at her. We we're showing you that we're inclusive. We're allowing everyone in. But look at what she's promoting. Look at what she's telling her children. Now, she'll come out and she, she, oh, my God, he will come out and he will say that, no, you know, I'm not promoting this. I don't think this should happen to children. But you're saying that. But look at where it's coming from. Look at who's saying it. So the left can very easily say, oh, he's contradicting himself because he's out there front and center with the dress on. So we've got to control the messenger. We've got to like, wait a minute, you know. Now, we love you, Caitlin, but what you're doing, we don't like. We don't want that. So we can't concede that, Graham. That's something that's worth fighting for. If you're coming out every day saying, hey, this is my lifestyle, you shouldn't do it. Okay, that's a different story. But when you went out and you attacked that guy 
who was going to the White House saying that, oh, this is what a woman is, and I want to have a family. I mean, just hyper-feminine. Again, four years, we've got to endure that under Biden's administration, and he's okay with it because he's allowed it to invade the White House. So you think about our children that are seeing this on a daily basis. And you mean conservatives are okay with that? They're still going to look at, well, let me see my bottom line. Am I paying taxes on this? So they really didn't care. They really don't care. So the leadership team was focused on something completely different as opposed to holistically looking at this and saying, hey, wait a minute, this is who we are. This is how we're going to define ourselves. And then you have coupled with that, you have media that's fighting us down. I mean, it's like war on all fronts. But the Democrats can go in, they can chip away at it, they can attack it. And as you said, when you took that course with uh, Ryan Dell, and he was saying, no matter how bad the candidate is, you vote for them. Because that's how we can get our policies across. But with the Republicans, oh, no, we don't like them. Let's just throw them under the bus. We are so quick to attack our own. First, the media will put it out there. Well, this person's not good because of X, Y, Z. And then we'll start piling on, as opposed to saying, wait a minute. There are no perfect candidates that are out there. At least this person is willing to run. Herschel Walker isn't a perfect candidate. But I tell you one thing. I bet he has learned a lot since he has been running. He sees how evil these people are. So I think that would make him a better candidate. But no one wants to talk about Warnock, who's supposed to be a man of the cloth. He's up on Sunday morning trying to talk about the virtues of Christ and come to Jesus. Thou shalt not kill, but it's okay to kill babies. More black babies have been killed than have been born. You're okay with that? No one's going to ask him the question. Oh, no, we can't touch that. Let's just talk about something else. No, you ask him the question. You're supposed to be a man of the cloth, but you're okay with a black baby being killed? You're okay with a woman giving birth to a black baby? They put it to the side and then you kill it? There should have been a home run for us. But you get these tipped Republicans. Oh, no, we don't want to say that because we might hurt someone's feelings. You've already hurt someone's feelings by breathing, by existing. Wake up. But what are we going to do now? Are we going to sit back and allow them just to continue with their agenda while we're trying to see if we can get a tax break? Look at Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney doesn't care anything about being a Republican. She just wants to make certain that she can protect her millions that, her, that will come her way once her dad kicks the bucket. She wants to know how much she's going to get. And she gets a large sum, a large sum of it. And at the same time, say, oh, I'm a Republican. She's not a Republican. Everyone knows that. Come on. There are other people that are there that are not Republicans. But you take a Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, she's brass. She's rough around the edges. But you can attack her. Remember Kevin McCarthy? Oh, I'm going to sit her down because of something that she said about Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney is out calling all Republicans racist and saying, oh, what well, they did January 6th. He didn't want to sit her down. Really? This is, this, this is the party that we have. We've got to do better. We've got to wake up and realize that we've got to get out there and we have got to fight the same way they fight. We've got to get in the gutter. We've got to get dirty. Some like, oh, don't get dirty. Well, you're going to get dirty. I'm sorry. You're going to get dirty. Because that's how they play. They fight. They fight to win. Anytime you have someone who's going to come out and say, don't worry about who they are. You just vote for them anyway so that we can get our policy, our agenda across. That's what you got to do. We got to wake up. We've got to wake up. What are your thoughts, Chris? 
Yeah, I largely agree with you. Uh, pretty much everything you were saying, Rob. And um, I mean, it's like uh, the, the one thing going back. You brought up like Marjorie Taylor Greene and how they like criticized her and Herschel Walker and you know, the whole thing, the whole you know Kennedy quality narrative. Let me ask you something. You're in New York, and and you know, pay attention to politics. If Kennedy quality really mattered that much, how did the squad get elected? How did AOC get elected <laughs> in multiple exactly. elections? And Ilhan Omar and Cory Bush. And Rashida Tlaib, how did all of them, all of them, get elected? If candidate quality, candidate quality is the determining factor. And and going back to like what you know, eating our own, so to speak, I definitely think that's an issue. And I think over a while that Republicans have lost sight of, and I actually wrote an article about this last week as well, of Reagan's eleventh commandment. Which was basically saying, you know, at the end of the day, when the primaries are over, thou shall not speak ill of another Republican. And I think that, you know, going forward, that's something we need to, everyone needs to hear because Trump's guilty of this as well. But what needs to happen is like when we're in primary season, let's argue, let's bicker, let's like, you know, like go at each other. So it's like we're a dysfunctional married couple, couple headed for divorce. But when whoever that person is, regardless if you think they're MAGA Republican or a rhino, at the end of the day, they're going to be better than a candidate saying, please use my preferred pronouns when addressing to me. So even if you have someone who I you know, like Jeff Flake, for example, who I wouldn't like and I don't like him and then like him, I would say that he's 99 percent chance going to be better than any Democrat candidate. So when we have our bickering and we're, we're not, let's end it after the primary. And I think this is one way forward in which we can hope to try to win back elections and whatnot is after the primaries like let's we could argue as much as we want you know but when whoever wins you know regardless of they're the strongest conservative or they're a rhino however you want to call them like they're going to be better than the people saying men can have babies men can be pregnant and you know um uh, men can compete on women's sports team because at the end of the day that's what we're doing so the reagan's 11th commandment um i would echo is like a, a main thing that republicans need to get back to doing but largely hopefully on top of that, if Republicans come out and start fighting to try to take back the culture, to have some sanity and normalcy in the culture, that will kind of like take care of itself in the long run. Um, and obviously, you're going to have difference in primaries, went up, but hopefully not to the you know discrepancy and the large that we have now. And, and but that's why I think I said I've not to repeat myself, but keep going back is I think that we really need to focus on going after the culture, not being afraid to. Um, you know, they go after culture, not being afraid to say like, uh, oh, you know, people were talking about, you know, the overturning of uh, Roe by the SCOTUS having a, a negative impact and we, we shouldn't, it shouldn't happen and harm them. And, and I think that the only reason that I don't think that's true at all, but the only reason that abortion issue might have become an issue during the election is because we've lost the culture into thinking that killing a baby is wrong versus you know killing a baby is somehow a woman's right and there are scores and generations of women who believe that this is a reproductive right as the you know the saying goes instead of the murdering a child and that's what we have to get back to we have to get to you know not to sound cliche but getting back to basics um it's going to be tough like you mentioned the mainstream media is mostly left wing we all know that um colleges public education so we have a a, a, you know, a huge mountain to, to climb, not just a hill to go up, but a huge mountain to climb. But it's it's going to take work. So you know, we have to go out. We have to go talking, you know, uh, talk to people, 
and you know, go down the group, try to do as much as we possibly can. Um, you know, I love these Trump rallies and, and whatnot, but are they really helping people? Are they really helping our cause now after they've been going on for four years? Or is it just kind of like um, a rally to basically celebrate uh, amongst ourselves and live in an echo chamber? I would argue that right now it's kind of towards the latter. Um, and, and we should still have them. And I'm not saying get rid of them in any way, stretch of medicine, but let's have them. But let's also go out and try to like get people to see why, you know, the, the MAGA platform is good or, or, or conservative values. And, and just don't stop at Trump rallies when it's like 20,000 people who think alike. Um, doing that to go out and do that and then be inspired from that to try to go into communities and say, hey, what do you think of? Because. I know that personally from my interaction and, and, and Rob, you may know this better than I because you are an African-American, is that a lot of the African-Americans share a lot of conservative values, especially those that go to church regularly. But they're just so indoctrinated to think that, you know, you know we have all these things. A lot of, you know, African-Americans are against abortion. A lot of church going, you know, adhere to a lot of the Christian virtues, but they still vote Democrat anyway. So let's try to say, hey, you're, this is not the right way. Let's take that energy, go out and try to make a positive difference and show everyone the errors of, you know, liberalism and Democrats and, and left wing uh, political thought. And I, I, we can be done. It's going to be it can be done. It's going to be hard. Absolutely. Definitely hard. But I think that, you know, if we actually do the work in the end, we will actually win. You're right, if we do the work. And just a couple of things I want to point out before we close out that you had mentioned. Uh, attacking other Republicans. We do a damn good job of it, and we've got to stop it. And one of the things that I would say is that for the upcoming 2024 election, I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, it's going to be a bloodbath. It was Trump against DeSantis and Mike Pompeo and Nikki Haley and all these other people, Carrie Lake. And I'm like, okay, what should happen? Because this is a critical moment here. They should go behind closed doors and just say, okay, look, let's just decide amongst ourselves who's going to run. And let's put all of our energies behind that person as opposed to beating the person to a pulp. And then once we cross the finish line, then we're going to say, okay, this is our candidate, giving the left more ammunition to attack us. I mean, I never personally understood it. I mean, you can have a debate, you can go against each other, but to beat the person to a pulp and then say, okay, you're our candidate, let's shake hands, be my vice president, never understood it. That's what happened with Joe and Kamala. The next thing I want to bring up, abortion. The left has managed by controlling the narrative to make women think that it's okay to commit murder, even in our churches. It's okay to commit murder. You're not killing the baby. It's just abortion. And it's abortion on demand, just like you can go and order a Mac, uh, McDonald's, a Big Mac. No, it's murder, plain and simple. And Republicans need to stop running away from it, stop being afraid. Because I heard the conversations also, people saying, oh, maybe the SCOTUS shouldn't have decided that it's going to help us. No, you should have been prepared to say, look, we got this done. It's going back to the states the way it should be, plain and simple. Lastly, going back to the first point, the 11th Commandment by Reagan, thou should not attack another Republican. We have got to get that ingrained in our head. Simply because the left is doing it doesn't mean we do it. Simply because they don't like Marjorie Taylor Greene doesn't mean let's attack her, let's take her out. No, you don't have to agree with everything that she's saying, okay? But to come out openly, they put a mic in front of you and that's the first thing you say, well, you know, she needs to do this and we need to, we're going to sit her down. And they never do that. Look at AOC, look at all the dangerous things that they said. AOC and company about Republicans. 
even Maxine Waters, go out, surround them, tell them you're not welcome. No one ever said that they should call her out. Republicans just look the other way. And they do a bad job at saying, wait, this is your fault that this has happened. This is your fault that the Supreme Court were uh, being attacked, that someone wanted to kill Justice Kavanaugh. It's your fault. But we shy away from them. Oh, we don't want to blame them. By God, you should blame them because it's their fault. What do you say, Andrew? Yeah, those are all fantastic points. Unfortunately, I think as far as the attacking Republicans uh, part goes, it's a little uh, optimistic at best because we've got rhinos in our party, like Paul Ryan, who can come out and claim that they are Republican, even though they're working against uh, the majority of Republican voters and uh, America first Americans. They're just out trying to sow dissension in uh, the Republican Party, and they're claiming that the Republicans, uh, we see that um, a lot, and I think we're going to see it a lot more before the uh, 2024 elections, unfortunately. We're almost out of time tonight. Thank you so much to Chris Tremogli for joining us, journalist from the Washington Examiner. So make sure you head on over there, check out the website and some of Chris's great writings. He's pretty active writing new articles, so you definitely uh, want to keep up on what he is doing. It's always interesting. And thank you again, Chris, for joining us on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you all for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio. Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you stream, please like, subscribe, or leave us a five-star review, or go to americaoutloud.com. We'll see you guys next time, and remember, stand for something or fall for nothing.